Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Yeah, so this episode is about what the heck people who are part of the forward party should be keeping an eye on for election day and ideally what they should do. Number one, Evan McMullen in Utah, call your friends in Utah. Number two, this ballot initiative in Nevada, ranked choice voting uh, and approval voting to a lesser extent are on the ballot in different places, but this ballot initiative in Nevada is the only place where it's statewide. Yeah, it's huge. You probably have friends in Nevada or Utah, probably more likely in Nevada. <laughs> and, uh, in this case, uh, just what happens in Nevada, we hope doesn't stay in Nevada. Happy Halloween, everyone. It is my thrill to welcome to Ford, the CEO of the Ford Party himself, Matt Shinners. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Andrew. Glad to be back on the show, the podcast. What do we call it? The show, the podcast, the legend. Nice. Uh, so in honor of Halloween, and if you're listening to this, you can't see me. I am literally head to toe Ford Party swag. I've got the cap. I've got the t-shirt, the hoodie, the socks. Yes, we have socks. Uh, so on the street, people have been stopping me all day saying, well, they do that anyway because I, I get recognized a lot. <laughs> they say, hey, you must be Mr. Forward Party. And I say, yes, I am. It's a good, I, I think everybody should go as Mr. Forward Party or Mrs. Forward Party or whatever. Forward Party for Halloween and uh, buy some merch on our website because that supports our operations. Yeah, so this episode is about what the heck people who are part of the forward party should be keeping an eye on for election day and ideally what they should do because yeah. this episode is taking place essentially one week out from election day. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to speak for myself for a little bit. I'm going to say the most high impact race for the forward party on election day is Evan McMullen's Senate race in Utah. What do you think? Uh, absolutely agreed. Um, you know, he's running as an independent out there. Really interesting strategic play uh, that brought various groups together. He went to the Democratic Party out there and said, hey, y'all have never won in Utah. You're never going to win in Utah. Um, I'm willing to work with you to find some common ground to promote, you know, the values that y'all find important to protect our democracy against Mike Lee, who's, you know, he's got text messages going back and forth on January 6th and then lying about it during debates. Um, so just talked with him and said, hey, let's form a coalition where, you know, you know that you would rather have me in the Senate than Mike Lee. 
Uh, so instead of running a candidate, just support me instead. Uh, that gives you, you know, a voice in Utah. That gives you a voice in the Senate. So let's work together, make this happen. And you know, it's it looks like it's happening. Yeah, the the polls are pretty close. Oh, it's happening. I was just in Utah campaigning last week. And I'm going to say it here right now. I think Evan McMullen wins this race because when I was talking to Utahns, sometimes they would say, hey, like Andrew Yang, what are you doing here? And I'd say, I'm campaigning for Evan McMullen. And Evan McMullen had a lot of name recognition and enthusiasm, but you know who had a lot of negative enthusiasm was Mike Lee. Yeah. They would say, oh, is he running against Mike Lee? Then yeah, <laughs> like, like Mike Lee is... Uh, really unpopular. <laughs> like, people just don't like that guy. Yeah. So uh, I think the average Utah, and when you talk about the polls, right now it's neck and neck, but the polls also have it's something like 12% undecided, and Mike Lee's approval rating is consistently in the low 40s. Yeah. So do you really think that people are going to say, hey, I'm not sure what to do here. I'm going to go with the guy I don't like, or am I going to go with the the guy who maybe is a little bit new to me? I think the undecideds break to Evan and he wins. So heard it here first. Andrew Yang thinks Evan McMullen wins the most unlikely, innovative, almost unprecedented Senate race in the country. Yeah, and I, I think it's really exciting too because it's so easy to fall back on the we're voting against Mike Lee. But Evan's also an awesome guy. Yeah. Like, I've spent plenty of time in a room with him, hearing him talk about things. He was really interested in protecting our country. Uh, how long was he in the CIA? 11 for? years, CIA operative yeah. Middle East. Yeah, so he was, you know, fighting for our democratic values abroad. Now he's doing it back here, uh, just really willing to get in a room, talk with people, just very values-driven, down-to-earth, great, great guy. So it's not just about voting against Mike Lee, which we should be voting against Mike Lee because he's not a good guy, uh, but it's also voting for somebody who's just representing kind of the, the forward path of finding coalitions, finding common ground, representing good values. So a couple more things, and if you haven't dug into Evan McMullen's race, I did write a blog post uh, where you can look it up. It's like independent Senator Andrew Yang. Um, you talked about how the Democratic Party got out of the way. That effort was first not a slam dunk because uh, I think it was something like 700 uh, votes for getting out of the way uh, to 500 votes yeah. for running someone, which means if 100 Democratic state officials had changed their minds, then we wouldn't be having this conversation in all likelihood. Yep. And the key figure was Ben McAdams, who's a former Democratic member of Congress in Utah, the most popular Democrat in Utah, who has been campaigning for Evan McMullen, and he urged people in the party to say, look, let's get out of the way for Evan. So here's some more math. 39% of Utahns voted for Joe Biden mm -hmm. in the presidential. Are they going to vote for Mike Lee? No. So you'd think that there were some Democrats who were bent out of shape about the fact that they weren't running a candidate, but now they've gotten on board and are excited about Evan. So if let's say the 39% go to Evan, then the question is, can he peel off 12 of the 58% who voted for Trump in the last election? And the key signal here is that Mitt Romney, who sits next to Mike Lee in the U.S. Senate, said, I like them both. I'm not going to endorse, which, by the way, when I was out campaigning in Utah, I literally ran into Romney's um, Rom, the you know the Romney name uh, is he is a big family. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. so uh, there, the fact that Mitt uh, is essentially blessing Evan and saying to moderate Republicans in Utah, this guy is all right, uh, has been enormously helpful. Yeah, yeah, and you know if if Evan ends up win when Evan ends up oh, winning, if I mean you know it's like I, I'm I'm saying I think he wins, but yeah. right now most prognosticators still have him as the underdog.
Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, one of the biggest narratives out there for why a uh, new party won't work, why independent candidates won't work is they're spoilers, it'll never happen, like they're just out there. Uh, and we're really seeing in Evan that there are a lot of really great Americans out there, really great patriots out there who don't identify with either of the parties. And if we can get them into elections, if we can get them running on these new party lines uh, and they can win, people start to believe. You know, and that's one of the biggest things that's stopping from happening is everybody's so afraid of throwing their vote away or whatever you know, BS excuse they want to use to say like, it could never happen. It's about to happen. And so let, yeah. let's talk about what happens if Evan wins. And hopefully yeah. this is a spur for people listening to this or watching this to say, hey, how can I help? Call someone in Utah, uh, volunteer for Evan's campaign, donate five, 10, 20 bucks to Evan's campaign so that they have all the resources they need down the stretch. But let's say Evan wins. He's going to show up in the U.S. Senate in January. And how many U.S. senators does it take to impact or even determine policy nowadays? I mean, we saw in the, the last couple of years, one. One. <laughs> one person. One. So people who say, hey, this new party movement can't succeed. If you have a U.S. senator who, by the way, would become the most popular guy in Washington if you wind up with yep. a 50-50 split or a 51-49 split, which... Uh, I think it, it's going to be one of those scenarios, and we'll talk about that next week. We make midterm predictions. This week is all about what the forward party is getting behind for the midterms, but we could have an independent U.S. senator. Uh, by, uh, by the way, he might be joined by uh, another senator or two who also are breaking from their party. Yeah. Um, they, they could be the fulcrum in the U.S. Senate as early as January of 23. Yeah, and it's interesting with the way that the Senate works. Everybody complains so much about like some of the rules in the Senate, like you know filibuster and things like that. Uh, but those rules get set by the members. There's some constraints on there. But from day one, you know, Evans got power if it is that split to say like, hey, you know, I'm gonna support the party that is willing to implement the reforms that are actually gonna let us get some stuff done, get committees formed in order to you know talk about these issues, put stuff forward get rid of some of these procedural steps that prevents us from bringing things to the floor, actually force people to take votes on things instead of just you know secretly handing a piece of paper along and saying, I don't want to vote on that thing. And all of a sudden the, the bill is shelved for a while. You know, there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes power that would be wielded in that case. Uh, you know, and from what I know about Evan, he's probably thinking through all those things right now. Yeah, th this is one of the complaints about Mike Lee, by the way, is that uh, he, he's not someone who's trying to get anything done. Uh, and he'll make really obnoxious votes just based upon being like what he calls principled, but most people would be like being a jerk. <laughs> so, uh, so it's one reason why his reputation is very negative in Utah. I think Evan's going to be the opposite. Uh, Evan's going to be trying to build coalitions and get things done yeah. across party lines, possibly. Which he's it, already it, doing. Which he's already doing, and and we're seeing it with his campaign. In Utah. Okay, so again, EvanMcMullen.com, the most important Senate race from Forward's perspective. This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right. And Helix Sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses that's tailored for you. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz, takes only a couple minutes, and I was matched 
with a Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm and I sleep on my back. That mattress is exactly what I needed, but strangely enough, my kids now seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang. That's helixsleep.com yang. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. I would say the second biggest deal for us is something that the national press isn't going to home in on, but it's very, very pivotal for us and our movement is the ballot initiative in Nevada with nonpartisan primaries and rank choice voting, uh, essentially implementing something very, very close to the Alaska system Mm -hmm. in Nevada. Yeah. And that's a a massive deal um, because the more places that start to roll out these, you know, the nonpartisan primaries, the ranked choice voting or any alternative voting system, like if you want to promote approval voting, that's that's another great one. And and that's got some momentum in uh, in Utah as well and some other areas. These are the things that make it a lot easier for us as Americans to hold our elected officials accountable to vote for the people that we want to vote for instead of trying to come up with some weird strategic vote where, you know, I'm voting for this party, even though I don't like them because I like the other team either even worse. So getting this through in Nevada, really important. Um, Just at at a certain point, the dominoes are going to fall with the more jurisdictions that are implementing these reforms. Uh, People get excited by it. Like, you know, I just filled out, I dropped off my ballot, uh, my mail-in ballot yesterday in New Jersey. And going through, you know, a lot of the time I had no choice. It's like either vote for this person or not because there's only one candidate. Uh, but for some of the other ones where, you know, there's a few candidates and I don't like some of them, I like other ones, I'd love to be able to express that in some way through ranked choice voting, through approval voting. I can't do that right now. And the more places that implement it, the more jealous I'm getting, the more jealous the, the rest of the country is going to get on having the ability to do the same thing. And, you know, there, there's plenty of races uh, you know, I, obviously, I'm the CEO of the Ford Party. I've been a supporter of new parties for, you know, over a decade at this point. There's plenty of races where I would have loved to have voted for somebody, but it was just too close, and so I went for the lesser of two evils. I would love the opportunity to be able to say, like, no, these are the two people who, if either of them made it through, I'd be happy, and if that person made it through, I would not be happy. So let me let me let the government know that that's what this country is supposed to be based on. Yeah, so the Alaska system got a ton of press yeah. because Sarah Palin lost yep. to Mary Peltola, which probably would not have happened under a conventional system. Yeah. Less prominently talked about was the fact that Lisa Murkowski got through her primary, which probably does not happen in a conventional process, where if you looked at the House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump, eight out of 10 of them lost in the primary, unheard of, in the sense that ordinarily your primary is a bit of a cakewalk. Uh, and then the two that got through were in Washington state where they had uh, like a top two jungle primary. Uh, and so you needed a funky system for someone to get through yeah. their primary if they voted to impeach Trump. Lisa Murkowski voted to impeach Trump. 
and she got through because Alaska had this system in place, which was nonpartisan open primaries. You can vote for anyone of any party combined with ranked choice voting. And if Nevada passes it, then it's going to seem like it's going from Alaska to Nevada and then it'll be on the ballot in other states in 2024. And you can liberate two, four, six, eight, ten U.S. senators from having to worry about a party primary, which, by the way, is what's making them so irrational and, and crazy. And uh, I know for a fact multiple U.S. senators have gone up to Lisa Murkowski in the Senate and said, we envy you so much <laughs> that yeah. you don't deal with the, believe it or not, the, like they, they feel captive to the system too. So if this passes in Nevada, it would seem like it's sweeping the country. And if it does not pass in Nevada, then it's going to be a massive missed opportunity. I want to actually give people the backdrop. Um, over $16 million is being spent trying to help Nevadans understand this ballot initiative. The yeah. Democrats have spent... Uh, millions of dollars already fighting it on legal grounds because you know the, it it makes things less closed and uh, predictable for them. So their rationale was it's too confusing for voters, which obviously is garbage. Given that my nine-year-old and seven-year-old can count to three and order what they want, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and eighty-five uh, percent of Alaskans found it easy to use. I think it was eighty-eight percent of New Yorkers. Yep. So, uh, so it's an unprincipled objection. Uh, but the Democrats are fighting it. Um, and I, I will say that if it does not pass in Nevada, it's going to be a real loss of momentum. It's absolutely going to be a massive loss of momentum and a loss of momentum in a very positive direction for the country. You know, Murkowski made it through her primary because of it. But, you know, we just saw it this week, her and Peltola uh, cross endorsed each other across party lines for that. And when would you have ever seen that except for in unbelievably extreme situations in the past? And imagine a world where instead of just endorsing the member of your party, you're actually thinking about the candidates and saying, which one of these people do I think would result in better outcomes for the American people, for Alaskans in this case? And you know, that's, that's something that ranked choice voting or any of these other systems really promotes is not just appealing to the most extreme base, but finding the, the common ground because you want to be people's second choice. You want to be people's third choice. What you don't want to be is the person who, you know, some people in the in the state don't vote for. And so Murkowski isn't appealing just to the, you know, the extreme right. She's appealing to everybody, which includes Democrats, moderates out there. If we can bring that to Nevada, that would be huge as well. If we can bring that to the rest of the country, it would be massive because the caliber of candidate we would get and the disposition of the candidates we would get would be radically different. It would be people who actually are putting the country first instead of worrying about how to appeal to the most extreme 10% in our party. Yes, and if you want to help make this happen in Nevada, you can call Nevadans and explain to them the importance of this ballot initiative. We have call, uh, call banks set up uh, every day between now and election day. Yep. So number one, Evan McMullen in Utah. Call your friends in Utah. Number two, this ballot initiative in Nevada, you probably have friends in Nevada or Utah, probably more likely in Nevada. <laughs> and, uh, in this case, uh, just what happens in Nevada, we hope doesn't stay in Nevada. And you don't need to have friends. You can just call perfect strangers and say, hey, yes on three. What the heck is three? Three is a ballot initiative that will let you vote for whomever you want, regardless of party. And wouldn't that be good for you? And then people would say, huh. I hadn't really thought of it. And then you can say to them, look, right now, 
Uh, your choices are constrained. You have to pick, literally, you get a different ballot based upon which party you, you say you're a part of. It's not fair. It's not right for voters. Let's make it so everyone's on the same ballot. And that makes intuitive sense to voters. They just need to understand it. And it also, you know, gives significant portions of the population a say, because right now, if you're not a member of either yep. of the parties in most states, you're not allowed to vote in their primary. Even in New York, what's it, like eight months or something that you've got to register as a member of the party ahead of the primary in order to vote in that primary? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's just so many people in this they're, country who aren't allowed to They're literally to vote. spending public money on elections that only some people can participate in. Boo! Yeah. Not Boo right. So Nevada, uh, you know, uh, again, that, that one's below the radar for a lot of people, yeah. but the Nevada ballot initiative... Ranked choice voting uh, and approval voting to a lesser extent are on the ballot in different places, but this ballot initiative in Nevada is the only place where it's statewide. Yeah, it's huge. And for the opportunities that Andrew was just talking about, for other ways to support all of these candidates, just putting a plug in, we've got uh, a weekly newsletter that goes out, forwardparty.com, sign up for our email list, and you'll get all of these opportunities, ways that you can plug in, help out on there. All these opportunities. Go to forwardparty.com and check them out. This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online... I turn to ExpressVPN. Do you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell our data? The worst part is you don't know what they're doing. You don't get to have your say. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Just hit one button and then your internet connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server. No one can see your IP address. You're completely in your own private internet. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to track me and harvest my data. No matter what device you're on, you just hit one button and you get your own protected connection. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com yang and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash yang. Go to expressvpn.com slash yang to learn more. So in total, the Ford Party has endorsed 27 candidates. Yep. There are three Senate candidates, Evan McMullen, who we discussed. Lisa Murkowski, who we also touched on, Go Lisa, beat Kelly Shabaka, who seems like a loon, and Mark Kelly mm -hmm. in Arizona. I'm heading to Arizona in a few weeks after Election Day, in part because Arizona has become something of the hotbed yeah. of whether our democracy is going to be able to make it through this messy, messy time. But then there are another 24 candidates who the Forward Party endorsed, and you can check them out at forwardparty.com slash endorsements. Yep. So how... Did we settle on these 27 candidates, these 24 non-Senate candidates? You know, there's kind of two sides to that. There's the, the philosophy behind it and then the process that we use for it. And on the philosophy in this cycle, we really wanted to send a clear message about who we are. 
first, we're a party that does things differently. We're not afraid to endorse candidates from the other parties who are standing up for democracy, who are doing right things. Even if we disagree with them on some of the policies that they put forward, we think they're good people who are fighting for this country. We're happy to get Love behind it. them. So uh, philosophically, we wanted to make sure that we were sending that message. We also wanted to make it very, very clear that the Forward Party is about supporting people who are representing local communities. So that's why we've got more endorsements uh, on the state and local level than we do on the federal level. Those are, you know, the mayors, state senators, state reps, um, you know, county clerks. Roles like that really do have a lot of day-to-day -day impact on people's lives, but they're very, very easy to, to overlook, um, especially because, you know, there's 500,000 plus of these offices across the country. 70% of them are uncontested. So why even pay attention to the election if you've only got one choice? So philosophically, we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, fighting for the good candidates out there, uh, and also showing that we're really focused on building from a local level. So how the heck do you choose 27 out of the tens so, or hundreds of thousands? Yeah, so that starts, you know, uh, a national party is really 50 state parties who come together. And those 50 state parties are local people, local volunteers who have just raised their hand and said, I want to join the forward party. I want to be a leader. I want to support democracy. I want to support this new party. I want to support the values of the forward party. Wait, wait, just so, so everyone knows, Free people, thriving communities, and a vibrant democracy. I want those three things. Yeah. If you want those three things, come join the Forward Party uh, or run under the Forward Party banner. We're going to try and run a ton of uh, local candidates in 2023 in the off cycle. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in that, go to our website. We've got an intake form. And that's one of the parts of where it started was we had plenty of candidates, over 500 candidates, reach out to say, hey, I want to run as a forward party candidate, or I want an endorsement, even though I'm running as a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party member, you know, wh whatever, we were happy to take a look at anybody. Uh, from there, we also went out to our state and local groups and said, hey, do you have any candidates running in the races that we should know about, we should consider because, you know, they've been interacting with you, they're aligned with us, they're really putting forward values that we can all stand behind. So we ended up aggregating all of these recommendations or submissions into a, a giant list. From there, we put a committee together, and this is what I think is one of the things that's really different about what we did and really exciting about what we did. We had a few of the members of our team from the national you know, staff come together out of this, uh, a board member who's got a long history in uh, independent politics was on there as well. But then we had the state leads vote for a delegation to the endorsement committee uh, using ranked choice voting, of course. And so people put their, their hands up and said, hey, I would love to be on this committee, uh, would love to you know, make wow. my case to the other state leads. Uh, they did that. Ranked choice voting ended up with three candidates who won that and uh, were on the committee. Uh, it was a you know just a magical, magical time of sitting down and going through all of this. Um, you know, we had people of very different political backgrounds, persuasions, beliefs sit down to come up with these endorsements and really just talk through all of them to figure out where we wanted to endorse candidates, who we could stand behind, um, who is representing our values, where did it make sense for us to get involved, how we could we send the right message about ourselves in this cycle. Uh, and it was a, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a heated conversation because everybody was very respectful, but it was certainly a conversation with a lot of disagreements uh, on stuff and people were able to talk through. And that's, that's what's been most, most magical to me about the forward party support, especially after we went through the merger and brought in uh, the Renew America, Serve America crew. It's just everybody here really, really. Mission driven, principled, exactly. uh, reasonable, yep. can agree to disagree, can yeah. find the best conclusion. You know, a bunch of forward party people were just trying to decide where to eat the other day and <laughs> just wound up the right choice only through principled conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, so we coalesced around these 27 candidates. Yep. And if you were endorsed by a forward party, you get stuff, right? Yeah. Like what like what what kind of stuff do candidates get? There there's a whole menu that was put together on this front. There's you know the 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 two parties have set up a lot of rules on a different different things, but um, you know, there's there's direct donations that we sent to certain candidates where we we're able to um, emails <laughs> out. Um, you know, we can a, a lot of the times we'll send an email that they have written to their supporters out and just say like, hey, this is the type of person that we think would be a great forward candidate. Uh, so, so it warms my heart that we sent cash money, which I yep. knew we did. So if you were endorsed by the forward party, you received between one and five thousand dollars, depending upon. Uh, Campaign finance rules, nature of the race, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Which in a local race, I mean, like that—that's no joke. Yeah, no, that's massive. The amount of money spent in some of these races is in the thousands of dollars. So you know, a thousand dollars in those races can completely help a lot. Help, help a lot. Yeah, yeah. Help, help, help a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then we also sent out emails, uh, donor list, individual donations, and so th those would be different amounts depending upon. Uh, the nature of, of the race. I personally did multiple events for Evan uh, yeah. as one example. That's very high end. And one of the things that I'm most excited about, because in so many of these races, the people are so committed and so passionate and have such a great view of what they want to do. But you're running for a, a small office. There's not a lot of coverage. There's not a lot of yeah. highlighting on there. We are currently in the process. This By the time this air should already be rolling out, of really just like recording interviews, recording video with these people talking about why uh, why the Ford Party means so much to them, what they want to do for their communities, and really highlighting that through our social channels, uh, through our emails. So uh, that's what I, I'm most excited about, you know, actually giving a lot of these candidates who are just fantastic people who are making Great a humans. massive sacrifice, yeah. just the chance to tell their story to, to the American people, especially to the area where they live. This could be, should be, a massive talent development pipeline. Yeah. Because the fact is, you're a first-time candidate, you run, I've been there, uh, and then let's say you lose, also been there, uh, and then the, the question is, what next? Yep. Is there a vein of support? Is there a community? Will you be able to run again? And if so, will you have more resources? Mm -hmm. Maybe some digital help? Yep. Maybe like some uh, avid supporters who will amplify whatever you're doing? We, we drew maybe a thousand people to our Houston event. And uh, we're planning a convention for next summer, yep. which is going to be thousands, maybe even, you know, 10,000 plus. I mean, who the heck knows? Uh, uh, and if you're running as a forward endorsed candidate and you fall short, you can come to that convention, run again, you'll be stronger. I mean, th this is one thing that's met. There are a lot of messed up things about the two party system, but there are a lot of people that get washed out within the two party system, particularly if you're running in an environment that's just unfriendly to whatever the heck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if you're uh, a Democrat in a red state or rural area, you lose. I know a lot of these people, by the way, that they, they lose. And then it's like, well, like, you know, that's it. What are you going to do? I, I taught I met with one of them who left her district uh, and, uh, you know, is running a nonprofit. Um, in a major blue city after losing a con congressional race in a reddish state. Uh, and then the reverse would be true too, where there are a lot of independents or Republicans in blue areas. Well, it's like, well, I can't run here unless, uh, you know, like they're very, very extenuating circumstances. Um, so the talent development piece for the Ford Party is a, a huge thing I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited about the way, you know, 
we don't have a, a fully fleshed out primary system yet. That's something we're working on and bringing in experts and bringing in state party leads to figure out how they want to do stuff. But with the way that the current system is kind of set up with the, the two parties set up the way that they are, so many great people can't even put their foot forward into nope. the primary because they wouldn't get support from the Democrats or Republicans because there's a long list of things that you have to agree with in order to run as a Democrat or Republican. Whereas the forward party, are, are you somebody who believes in free people, vibrant communities, thriving democracy? Do you believe in these things? That also, the two major parties have a queue set up yeah. where if you were to want to run for a race, they'd say, hey, stand in line. Yeah. You've got 10 years. Yeah. So all of those great people out there with great ideas that don't fit into either of the major parties, they're going to start flocking to the forward party because, you know, if you're a good person who believes in this country, believes in our values, there's room for you here. And we would rather let the forward party voters in our primaries decide which candidates who are putting forward real democracy, positions. Matt, perish forbid. Yeah, it would be it would be terrible to let our <laughs> our voters, our supporters decide uh, which candidates are kind of terrible. It would just be terrible. And letting the candidates put forward different ideas. Like, I, I don't think I've got the best ideas on everything. The fact that the Republicans and Democrats think they've already figured out the best way to run a country when this is the country that it's we have. It's not even run a country. And that's yeah. the thing that pisses me off a lot is like that they're running on like this idea, that ideology, this policy, that policy. Half the time, they're not actually going to do yeah. that thing. It's just at this point, the two-party system is more about maintaining the status quo and, and passing a baton back and forth between each other. Uh, while the reality degrades uh, uh, around the country. So these 27 candidates that we've endorsed, uh, they run the gamut. Um, we've talked about some of them, but let, let's talk about, and part of it too is uh, being honest, some of these candidates are not going to be successful in their races. Yeah. Like we were not cherry picking to increase our batting average. Uh, nope. You know, like some of them are just awesome humans who we wanted to support because, yeah. by the way, also virtually all of them are for ranked choice voting, nonpartisan open primaries, uh, modernizing the system, which sets them apart. They might not win in 22, but 24, Who knows? election run around, 26, you know, they can run again and uh, get that experience. So next week, uh, I'm going to be sitting down with Ricky Schlott to talk about projections for uh, the midterms. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this this week's just forward, forward, forward. <laughs> so yep. let's talk about some of the candidates that we're endorsing aside from uh, the Senate candidates that we already discussed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think one of the interesting one that lines up with the Senate candidates is we've got Clint Smith down in Arizona. Arizona's a hot Capital I independent. Capital I independent. Former Republican. Did not see the current trend, especially of the Arizona Republican Party. Uh, going in the direction that he could be a part of. So he said, you know, I've got to put myself forward as somebody who's running, giving conservatives in my district an option to vote for other than uh, an election denier, uh, you know, uh, one of the most vocal ones out there, especially coming out of Arizona. Uh, so that's a, that's a really interesting race. Um, unlike in Utah, the Democrats are running a candidate Ooh, there. So. Come on, Democrats. Yeah. Um, but Figure uh, it out. You know, is, is it a district where... Well, you know, because I know he's been compared to Evan McMullen. Yeah. There's also a guy running against uh, Lauren Boebert in Colorado. Yeah, Adam Frisch. So that's an interesting race because he's been surging in the polls. I think people are getting a little sick of seeing uh, the people that they are electing and that are supposed to represent them spending more time on cable news networks, just saying whatever they want, tweeting on social media and some all that of, stuff. Some of the coming. ideologues are genuinely vulnerable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because people, like most people in that part of Colorado are not down with all, all of the 
the nuttiness. I'm going to call out one congressional candidate I love who's got a tough battle. Matt Deemer in Ohio yeah. running against uh, Max Miller, yeah. I believe, this Trumpian. Uh, super Trumpy. Su super Trumpy figure. Matt's a stud. I really like Matt. Um, and he's running a race that's similar to Tim Ryan and where he's like, uh, you know, saying, look, I'm, I'm running with a D next to my name, but I'm really not like a Democrat in that way. Uh, shout out also to Tim Ryan, um, who I vastly uh, prefer to his opponent, J.D. Vance. Uh, Tim Ryan's a really good dude. I met him during the presidential. Yeah. But Matt, Matt Deemer is running uh, uh, along a similar line. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, no, Matt Deemer is a, a great candidate. You met him at a conference somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went up and, so, asked for, and same thing with Tim Ryan. You know, we got to hang out a few times on the presidential and just really just down-to-earth guy who's got a strong set of values, middle-class values, you know, pro-small business, you know, and just fighting for what he thinks is right uh, in a state that you know, is, is trending in the, the Republican direction. Yeah, and th there's an interesting strain. There are two major uh, forces that are driving people to forward in many ways. So one is uh, the fact that the Republican Party is going dark. And so you have people like Clint Smith or even Evan McMullen, who used to be a Republican, uh, or some of the other folks and forward. And then there's going to be this other force that I think is going to, to be more prominent after the midterms, where in a state like Ohio used to be a quintessential bell, bellwether swing state, Ohio, um, Obama won it. Uh, and now it's plus eight, plus nine Republican. You have Tim Ryan, who in my view is a very strong candidate, who's trying to say, look, I'm not like those Democrats. I'm like this other thing. Um, if Tim Ryan falls short, uh, then I think he's going to be in the same position as a number of other Democrats in reddish states where what's the path forward for them? Um, and this is where I think it, it gets somewhat interesting. I mean, the, the Democratic Party is getting weaker and weaker in rural areas. There are some folks that uh, like J.D. Shulton who are trying to start um, rural Democrats. Uh, uh, Richard Ojeda started uh, No Democrat Left Behind. Um, but the reality is the Democratic brand is just really tarnished in a lot of those environments. Uh, I think if Tim Ryan was running as an independent in, in Ohio, let's say there was no Democratic candidate and Tim Ryan was an independent, I think he's got a better chance to win. Uh, and and uh, I, I think you're going to see a number of Democrats in those environments who are taking a long look at forward. Yeah, I mean, we keep seeing this after almost every election cycle where one of the two parties just gets shellacked or is perceived to shellac where they go through this post-mortem and they come up with all of these recommendations and stuff like that, then ignore all of it and just kind of do what they were going to do anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I see that kind of on the horizon on the, the democratic side, depending on how November goes, which, you know, based on most of the polling seems to be the Democrats look like they were having a little bit of uh, life over the summer. summer. And now it's looking like it's trending back in the other direction, which essentially always happens. Uh, in polling as you get closer to the election day on that front. But I just don't see, it, this has been a trend where a larger and larger percentage of Americans do not see either party as representing their values. Nope. And I have not seen either of the parties take a major step 
to figure out why that is and to address it. Because they don't need to. Yeah. You know, each one of them is like, yeah, I can eke out a win. I can eke out a win. You get that territory. I get this territory. And it's hard. It's hard to go into all these communities, listen to people, hear what they actually need, change yourself in order to address the needs that people have instead of trying to force feed your opinion on people. Like, oh, no, if only these middle class people actually listen to the Democratic platform, then they would know that the Democrats are really the ones representing if your message isn't landing, maybe you should take a look at yourself for a little while and say, yeah. what should I change? Yeah, I agree, man. The, the other uh, piece of it, too, is that unfortunately we've degenerated to a point when people will argue based on messaging uh, and yeah. not whether I delivered for you. I mean, these testing results just came out that showed that American uh, kids reading and math scores plummeted, which yeah. you could attribute largely to COVID. But we've been declining for a, a long time. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point now, uh, each party has just become more about scoring points. <laughs> I mean, in this case, like the the people who are aren't scoring the points <laughs> are our kids, and it's uh, uh, so I I will preview a little bit of uh, next week's conversation with Ricky, or we're going to talk about the midterms. But you touched on it, which is uh, it looks like the wins are now behind the Republicans in large part because their top three uh, issues are uh, inflation slash the economy, crime, and immigration. Mm -hmm. And those three issues are uh, now top of mind for more and more Americans. I talked to one guy, very, very uh, reliable Democratic type voter, and he said he's voting for the Republican in his local election because someone got shot on his block. And now he's like, I'm a one-issue voter, and it's crime, and I just do not believe in my local Democratic leadership to to do what they need to do about it, um, in part because the responses that they're hearing seem to be more ideological around crime than um, than, than practical. Um, so uh, it, it seems that Republicans are going to likely win the House by a certain margin. Um, and then the Senate, I'll dig into a bit uh, next week because that, that's going to hinge upon individual races. See how it goes over the next next few weeks. But in the meantime, sign up for forwardparty.com's email list so All right. you can figure so, out what to do. So, so forwardparty.com, check out the endorsed candidates. Yep. Evan McMullen in Utah is race number one. The ballot initiative in Nevada is number two. And then after that, find an endorsed candidate that you like or love, and then try and help them out. Uh, and if you do that, some of them are going to get across the finish line and we're, we're all going to be in better shape for it. It's I'm so pumped for this election day. We've got massive opportunities. If Evan wins, if the ballot initiative in Nevada wins, if a few of the endorsed candidates uh, win and defeat some, frankly, really not very nice people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to feel great about our role in trying to move America in a better direction. Yep. And regardless of whether you live in one of the areas where we've got an endorsed candidate, vote in your local elections. It's really easy to you know take a look at the list and just say, I don't know who any of these people are, so I'm not going to vote for anybody. Take 10 seconds. You won't, honestly, you probably won't find most of them online anywhere because it's most of the local candidates don't have any opponents, so they don't bother with anything. But the ones that you do, send a message to you know the the candidates who are running, even if it's a uh, an uncontested election, not voting for somebody sends a message too. So make sure that you are using the most powerful thing you have in our democracy, your your voice, your vote, to send a message about what you care about. Yep. Make that voting plan. Tell your friends. Influence your local races. Uh, and, and let's do everything we can yep. for the country. We've got 
as of this airing, we've got about a week. Let's make the most of it. Yep. Thank you, Matt. Look at this. CEO of the most exciting new party in the country after you've been thinking about third parties for years and years. Thank you for being here and for all the hard work you do every day. I'm always happy to, especially to highlight uh, the work that our state leads did on this front and to highlight the candidates that we've endorsed. They're the ones who put themselves out there. Yeah, the forward party uh, volunteers and leads are really exceptional humans. I have loved every single one I've met uh, and I, I can't wait to get back out and meet some more. Yeah, yeah. And if uh, you haven't signed up to volunteer yet, go to our website and volunteer, get involved in the the state party. Uh, a lot of them are starting to form their executive committees, start to hold elections on all that stuff, get their bylaws going and everything. Uh, and signing up now gives you a voice in that. And, uh, you know, we're not forcing a lot of the decisions down on the state parties. This really is a, a ground up party where the the state parties are having a lot of voice in the decision making process. And you could you could lend your voice to that. How many states are we currently recognized in? Depends what you mean by recognize. That gets really complicated. But I think that we've got 20 states where we've taken concrete steps towards official recognition at different levels. And then how many have we actually already achieved it in? Uh, we've got our Texas and Connecticut parties, which are the most advanced. And then I think we filed paperwork in a handful of others. So we have parties in Texas and Connecticut? We do have parties in Texas and Connecticut. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Two down, 48 to go. Let's go, Matt. Yeah, to me, to me, the fact that we've got state leads in uh, almost every state at this point is the exciting part. Because I agree, uh, those are the people I'm talking about. You know, it's um, it's one thing to get official recognition as a party. That's necessary. That's the steps. But to me, a party is about a bunch of people coming together about to humans. solve problems and build something. Yep. And so, even if the state doesn't recognize us as having an official party, if we've got leads, if we've got volunteers who are showing up and talking about these things and taking steps to making their communities yeah, better, we got a party there. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. It, it's party time. <laughs> it is party time. It is party time. I can't wait for the convention already. But first, election day. Election day. Yep. Let's put some points on the board. Put points on the board. Get out and vote. Look for opportunities to get engaged in the races that we've been talking about. McMullen in particular, yes on three in Nevada. And uh, let's put some wins on the board. Mm -hmm.